Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. everybody, I'm Reagan Gilliland. And I'm Stephanie Reedmeyer. And this is the podcast Off Script, where every week we talk about last week's sermon and talk about anything that maybe ended up on the cutting room floor, any fun facts, humor, pretty much the possibilities are endless. And this week is kind of special because Stephanie and I both preached on the same text. So it's going to be different because we're not just going to interview We're kind of going to talk back and forth. At least that's our plan. Who knows? We'll see. (laughs) We'll see where the spirit leads us. (laughs) That's right. That's the theme of the day, where the spirit leads. Okay. So I, you got to hear me twice because you were in two services. Mm -hmm. I had to just read yours and watch yours later. Right. But. Different experience. Different experience. But again, that's why we love scripture because you can have like different. Absolutely. um, But. I really liked yours for multiple reasons, but I also love that you kind of built upon your Ash Wednesday service a little bit, which was, I was like, look at you go. I think I'm going to try to tie in the community all during Lent. I like having like a theme that I can point back that ties it all together. Although uh, Luke Thompson, one of our interns in the youth program, he is actually preaching this week. So I can't promise that he will do that. (laughs) Don't mess it up, Luke. Um, Also, (laughs) if he's already written a sermon, I don't want to be like, hey, if you could squeeze in community. Could you just change that? Uh, Something funny about that is he's preaching on Jesus' first sermon in his hometown. And Luke is preaching (laughs) here, which is his home church. Yeah. Jesus was like almost thrown off a cliff. So So I'm going to run him out. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm going to run over here. After traditional and heckle. You can't run very well. I cannot. So, and, uh, I think he'll be safe. He has long legs. <laughs> also, our service usually gets out after yours, so. Heard it here. Darn. Yeah. Okay. So we, Ash Wednesday, you brought it up. Yeah. We're starting Lent. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, Reagan? Well, Lent does not include Sundays. Okay. That's one little caveat. Mm-hmm. But it is the... That goes before Easter. Yep. The, the 40 days, <laughs> the days leading up to Easter. Easter. I'm a little tired this morning or this afternoon. And so it's kind of our time of uh, reflection. And, you know, in our liturgy, Ash Wednesday, we talk about it's really a time of um, self, well, repentance and self-denial and all these things, which, um, you know, a lot of people do. Uh, interesting. We... Being Methodist, we haven't always celebrated like Ash Wednesday or really got into Lent. That's been my mom grew up Methodist. She's like, I swear we didn't do this. And I was like, yeah, She's you right. didn't. She's right. <laughs> but 1992 was the first time we did Ash Wednesday. According to like the UMC, that's what the first time we like came up with a formal service for it. So I'm sure there were some churches yeah. who kind of had more um, Catholic backgrounds or ties for whatever reason that probably did celebrate it for their communities. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate good times. Come on. It's not really the theme song okay. Rash Wednesday. <laughs> it's not. Uh, but yeah, so it is like a relatively new thing for us. Um, and I think that just kind of points back to us 
John Wesley wanted to really separate his, himself from the Anglican church and from the Catholic church. So this is kind of where we led. Mm-hmm. What do you do during Lent, Reagan? <laughs> I, so I used to be really consumed with giving up something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I realized it's kind of pointless if you don't really replace it with like praying or doing something where it, you t- I, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I was like, well, I gave up this, but great. But what do you, what did you learn from it? And you're like, I don't know. I just I gave can live without that. Yeah. Is that spiritual? Uh, yeah. And so I've come more to the practice of like reading more or sitting down and doing a specific like Lent kind of devotion or something, which I read our devotions from our staff. Yeah, you do. And then I got that uh, free one at Covenant Day by a colleague that is at Custer Road, Danielle Kim. So that's I've been good. reading that. Yeah. Um, and that's been really good. So yeah, just kind of. I know. I kind of wish we focused more on it like Advent where there were like all these options of something to do every day, Mm -hmm. like intentionally. I've seen like some calendars, but a lot of them are like, post a picture about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if that really (laughs) does anything for me spiritually. But if it does for you, go for it. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, remember, this is kind of my first experience of Lent. I remember in elementary school, on Fridays, the school lunch would be like a fish or something. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, yeah, duh, because we can't have... They would say we can't have meat. Like, what is fish? But um, we are in elementary school. They're like, yeah, it's like a church thing. And so they would question like, oh, do you not go to church because you can eat red meat on Friday? So it was like learning kind of, oh, in Catholicism, they don't eat uh, red meat red meat uh-huh. on Fridays. Right. And you're like, I'm going to have some ribs and some brisket tonight. Y'all are missing out. Yeah, it was just like a learning experience for me. It's the first time I was like, oh, you can do some, like, you can do this outward thing Mm -hmm. during the season, which was interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that until much later in life, I think. Yeah. Because your cafeteria didn't do that. I wonder if the school cafeteria still does that. I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I mean, was... I was in Waxahachie, Texas. It's right. not like. <laughs> That's true. I was in some progressive. Right. You and I both grew up in small towns, so it right. kind of makes sense. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like chicken sandwich day every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Y'all weren't getting money from the state. Frozen chicken sandwiches. <laughs> no vegetables. So, Stephanie, uh, why do you think it's important for us to prepare our hearts for Easter? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Um, I think that we don't always spend time being as introspective as we could, you know? Um, and so I think just being intentional about the ministry of Jesus and everything Jesus did and everything Jesus gave up, uh, this is a good reason to do it. I think we should probably prepare our hearts for Easter year round, mm-hmm. uh, but 40 days is a good start. Yeah, it got to start somewhere. Right. Which I think is interesting, starting with Jesus in the wilderness. Right. Because he is clearly preparing for something. He's taking time to, I don't know, listen and do some self-reflection, I guess, and also just hear from God. And so I think it's a really good model that we kind of kick off with this particular story. Yeah, I agree. And in your sermon, Reagan, you talked about jock jams, which yeah. I'm always here for. I am disappointed. At 8.45, you sang. I know. Let's get ready to rumble. And then at 9.45, you didn't. I didn't. And that was disappointing. I did at 11. I brought it back at Oh, 11. good. 
p.m. She's 9.45. I wasn't feeling. So sorry if you were 9.45. That's a downer. Usually 8.45 gets a short straw, but yeah, this week maybe not. Uh, so you talk about Jesus didn't seem to have his jock jams play in and get hyped up after being baptized. Yeah. I, th- just, I think you read in, in Luke 3 this baptism and so you just think, okay, here we go. It's it's go time. I mean, that's yeah. I feel like it's building up to that, right? And then chapter four, he's being led by the Spirit, which is good, uh, into the into <laughs> we the, support it <laughs> into the desert, and you think, oh, I guess he's not ready, right? Or this isn't as exciting. As yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I guess you just think, okay, we're going to start with feeding the 5,000, you know, something right. like really like, yeah, here yeah. we go. Wait, Reagan. So you don't think Jesus was ready? Well, here's the thing. Tell me more. No, I just think we, and I talked about the sermon in mine. And then you, yeah, yeah. you talk about the reality that Jesus is fully human and fully divine. And I think sometimes we just get in our head that Jesus was so wildly over the top wise figure, had it all figured out that we end up diminishing his humanness like so much that we think like things weren't hard for him, that he didn't really fully feel whether it was pain or really dealt with temptation or in this case, like hunger and all that. Like he was just so strong because he was God that he didn't fully experiencing, which I think just totally goes against like who he is. Right. And so I don't think it takes anything away from his um, divinity to think about how Jesus needed time to to think and to prep and to think through um, and to prepare and grow and wisdom and all of that. Like, I don't think that makes him any less God. I just think it just shows how much, well, he was human and that he can relate to us. Um, I don't know. I think it's a really good thing that we need to. I don't know, talk about more. I don't know. What right. about what about you? No, I agree. I think that we don't always consider how often in the gospels Jesus takes time to pray or to meditate or to go off by himself to refuel. Yeah. Um sometimes he tries to do it and the crowds pull him in or the disciples yeah. do or whatever. But he knows how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's really beautiful. Jesus takes it slow. And you even have a whole um, section of your sermon at the end where you talk about that. Um, and I think we're not super great at taking it slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think even, you know, did Jesus get overwhelmed at times? I mean, if he's fully human. I'm going to say that yes. And so maybe <laughs> those times when he's escaping, is he's very overwhelmed. Like, Jesus might have been stressed. <laughs> you know? What? Um, and I think that's really, that's what we should cling to. Yeah. Right. Because I don't know, it just, I feel like it takes away things when you, cause you can really, if you start with like, well, he didn't really feel hunger or he didn't really feel overwhelmed or he didn't, then it's like, okay, then was, was it really God coming to us as a, you know, like that just kind of wrecks a lot of things. There's a domino effect of, of that. No, and I think it's complicated for us to accept the full divinity and full humanity. Like, we can say we believe that, mm-hmm. but to actually consider what that means is 
complicated because we don't have other examples of that. Correct. So I think that's a big thing. And I think, Reagan, you made me think of when you were talking about Jesus not uh, getting all hyped up after the baptism, but instead kind of retreating and reflecting um, that there's a tension because we expect him to start healing people and to do ministry right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And instead he withdraws and goes um, to the wilderness. So I think it's already, we're already seeing this tension of what is expected of Jesus and what Jesus actually does. Mm -hmm. How he shows up. Yeah. Yeah. We foreshadow that we're foreshadowed it right at the beginning. And then it's even going to get deeper in these temptations. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you, uh, you talk about how reading this story, you think that, oh, Jesus just wants to be isolated. He's doing this by himself. But I love how you tied in this communal kind of response because he's quoting from Deuteronomy, connecting back to his heritage. So can you talk about Yeah. So when I first read this story of Jesus in the wilderness, I was, I think, kind of drawn more to like, oh the devil came to Jesus and like, look at all these temptations. And I just have this visual of Jesus being swept to the top of a temple and it being so dramatic and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've never paid close attention to the scripture that Jesus quotes. I'm like, Oh, I know Jesus quotes scripture at the devil. Like, (laughs) right. It's Jesus. Uh, but then to kind of tie back that all three of the times Jesus quotes scripture, it's from Deuteronomy. Um, and so Deuteronomy is all about the covenant uh, between God and the Israelites. It's what Moses receives at Mount Sinai. Uh, and so we get another connection, right, to Moses and mm-hmm. Jesus here, which you reference in your sermon a few times. Uh, but also Jesus points back to a covenant made with God's people, which is what Jesus is a part of. So even though Jesus is by himself, I feel like he almost calls back to the ancestors and to that original covenant that this community is still super important to what Jesus is doing in the wilderness. Um, And I know Jesus isn't alone. The Holy Spirit (laughs) is with Jesus, uh, but also Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, kind of the whole three in one thing. Um, So the fact that he ties back to that, I think is really powerful. And I don't know that we always pay attention to it. Yeah. So it made me think about, so obviously this covenant is between God and God's people and Jesus is God, mm-hmm. but also human. And so like, is there, I feel like, you know, the whole, all of his answers and just the way, he, like Jesus is honoring God this whole time. Yeah. Um. So it's like this emphasis of like his human side honoring his covenant with God, you right. know? And so it's like this multi-layer being honorable and um, keeping to that his people, Israel, his heritage, because he's Jewish and all that. And um, so he feels responsible. Like, I need to keep my covenant. with. I don't know. It's Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis of it. Yeah. It's Jesus calling back to God, too, and saying, God, I'm sit here on earth to glorify you mm-hmm. and to show redemption and restoration. And that's going to be done by resisting these temptations right now. Yeah. The story has lots of layers to it. It really does. And there are so many different points of views on these different temptations. I don't know if you saw that as you were researching, but I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I talk about? What do I not talk about? I know. I felt very disorganized in my sermon Yeah. because I try to have like one kind of thing that I'm trying to get to. Yeah. 
and I just felt like I never got there because <laughs> it just felt like... No, it was great. But yeah, because uh, in the research and commentary, there were just so many thoughts and opinions and also some weird directions you could take with with it. But um, Which is, of course, the beauty of scripture. Yeah. It's what we love about it. Uh, but it's hard to decide, okay, should we talk about this important piece? Like this temptation yeah. points to this or this points to this. Uh, so if you were super interested in this and want more information, or if you thought, man, they talked about stuff I've never heard. What about that stuff I've heard? Uh, feel free to go deeper on your own. We want mm-hmm. to encourage that. There's a lot here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I liked that. I think both you and I didn't focus too much on the like, okay, so this is what it means for us. We need to not fight or like we need to, I don't know, like there's more about what Jesus is going through. How does it point back to other scripture and right. It was more about what this says about Jesus. Yeah. In your sermon, I think you taught, what did you talk about a, uh, a role like the bread? Because <laughs> I'm trying to think. Yeah. That first temptation. Yeah. So it goes back to you talking about us struggling with understanding Jesus's humanity. Uh, and I just think as a child, when I heard this story, I was like, okay, the devil offered him a role. Like, of course Jesus isn't going to take that. Like, it's Jesus. Jesus would never give in to something for a role. I don't care how hungry he is. Right. Um, Whereas. Uh, There's some pretty good roles. I'm just saying. (laughs) Hawaiian. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Pennies. If you've ever been to Lambert's. I haven't. But that's where they throw them, right? That's where they throw the roles. Yeah. You're missing out. All right. As a child, I did not consider all the tasty rolls of the world. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like that is important. And then I started thinking about like, okay, so for us, we can talk about being hungry, right? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of hungry right now, specifically Mm -hmm. for a dessert. If anybody has one and wants to send one my way, (laughs) this is a plea. But also like I'm thinking of our, the people around the world who are literally hungry, you know? Um, and so Jesus was out there for 40 days. That isn't like, oh, it's been since breakfast since I've yeah. had my meal. Like it's a big hunger. Uh, and so I do think that this was a real temptation. As a child, I may have rolled my eyes and thought, of course, Jesus doesn't want to roll. But really, I think it's a valid temptation. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it's interesting. I forget, like, because I don't know if you found in your exegetical work about how like okay was he tempted for 40 days or was it after the 40 days when he's famous then that's when the temptation right or was he just tempted that whole time right yeah and so i think what i found for this one and luke at least the way because there's even a different order of the between the the gospels but it said no like after the 40 days when he was really famous Mm -hmm. so very vulnerable very weak that's when like the devil hit him with like, all right. <laughs> what about that food? What about that? Yeah. Cause verse two says there in the wilderness, he was tempted for 40 days by the devil. So like, we don't know when all of this happens mm-hmm. throughout those 40 days. We also don't know if this is just three of the temptations and like, mm-hmm. maybe there were like a bajillion. Right. Don't know. No idea. What do you think about, and I, I talked about this in my sermon about Jesus being vulnerable. Yeah which means God is vulnerable. Do you think people have a hard time with it? Yeah, I think it makes us uncomfortable. I think that for 
humans, we want to put our trust in something that is better than us, that mm -hmm. is um, more infallible, that is more perfect than we could be. And so to consider that there's a vulnerability mm -hmm. in this fortress that we've kind of adhered ourselves to can be intimidating. It can be scary and it can make us question things. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking of the song, all I do is win. <laughs> you think God just sings that? Yeah. <laughs> or we think God sings yeah. that all the time. We think like, all I do is win. But if you read the story, like a lot of times Jesus like, I mean, obviously there's a resurrection, but like he still died. Right. So people are like, he still, for that short moment, it looks like he lost. Right. And Jesus suffered. Yes. Like, and suffering is not perfection. Right. Right. I think the whole temptation story is just like, we forget that there was, um, it was true, like suffering and, and true temptation to not have to do the hard work, not have to go through everything. I mean, the stuff that the devil presents, you know, was Jesus tempted to be like, Hey, do you mean I don't have, I could get out of doing a lot of things? Uh, I mean, you see that struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. Talk about that. Cause so, you reference that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, people just think that like, because he was, Jesus was just so strong. Like he knew and, depending on what gospel you read, sometimes he seems more, I don't know, confident or sure of what he's doing and that he doesn't seem as yeah, unsure or dependent. But, uh, but I think this whole idea you see in the garden of his real struggle of like, can I get out of this? Is there any way that I don't have to, to die? And I mean, he's, he's nervous. Like that's he, real. It's real. But ultimately, just like in the desert, he does not choose himself. He chooses all of the world, <laughs> you know? Um, and so we see this in the very beginning, um, in this, in Luke four. And then we see in the garden of him saying, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. I like that parallel that you drew. I didn't think of that. It was in some commentary. So. I like how you rephrased <laughs> what you learned in that way, Reagan. It was beautiful. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. So we talked about the bread temptation. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the other two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The people want it. Yeah, they do. So, uh, the second temptation, you laugh at this one in your sermon. Yeah. <laughs> well, just because I'm like, the devil has to know. I mean, he wouldn't be tempting Jesus if he didn't know who, like, I don't know. The whole concept is just, no, the devil knows Jesus is Jesus. Right. It's just funny to me to think like, well, you know, I can give you <laughs> authority, authority. You, over did this. you compare him to a car salesman? A bad car salesman. <laughs> like, and Jesus just had to be standing there thinking like, but, um, I already have that. <laughs> so, um, it's not really, uh. But I think the whole con, how I framed it was like giving it to him without actually doing the work. Right, you know, right, right. Not actually being with the people and teaching and, and all of that. Or maybe having to give a sacrifice or whatever that looks yeah. like for sure. And it would mean his allegiance would go not to God. That was the big kicker. You know, the whole thing is like that goes against 
that like Jesus is like, no, there's one God and my allegiance and all of my, everything goes to, to God. God. Um, but I just think it's still funny to think about him. Like, all right, Jesus, this could be yours. And Jesus is like, it already is. You know, (laughs) not today, Satan. I liked some things I read were very interesting to me about the second temptation because it was like, who is the devil? To have authority over these things and offer them. Yeah. Like, was he offered and then he actually didn't have. Right. Like, is this a scheme? (laughs) Yeah. Which is interesting. And then if you tell a friend, then they will get one. It's the first, like, pyramid scheme. I don't know. No hate, but. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just thought that was, I didn't ever think of that. Like, oh, you're right. The devil seems to think that the devil has this authority. Yeah, the devil thinks he's in charge. Right. Like, oh, I got this. And you're like. Actually, no, at the end of the day. Right. But uh, power and authority is appealing to some of us, Reagan. It is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, again, their concept of how Jesus needs to show up in the world was taking all the power and all the authority, no matter the cost. Yeah, being a king, right? Yeah. Or like being this like warrior, like justice, like I'm going to take out all the like evil, like no matter what, but I'm, I, I can be justified because I'm God. Right. And then when you see Jesus say, no, (laughs) it just, it was a lot for people to, it's the opposite of what the rulers of that day did. Yeah. They were about power Mm -hmm. and authority and building their kingdoms and expanding their kingdoms, which is what we believe Jesus came to do here on earth is Mm -hmm. expand the kingdom of heaven, but it didn't look the way that the devil offers it. Right. You know, Jesus didn't do shortcut or try to, um, you know, in the stories that we at least know, I mean, he's just meeting with ordinary people. He's not going traveling these long distances to talk to the the great leaders, people, as we would say in today, the influencers, mm-hmm. he just, he was so, uh, I don't know if the word was like slow about it, but like, just was like, whoever was there, it didn't matter who they were clearly. Cause he talked to those that are the people on the margins and different things. Um, I just think it's different than, yeah, like you said, all the leaders at the time who were constantly looking for a shortcut or who they could betray or who they could like take out in order to gain power. And Jesus doesn't. And he could have done so many things. Right. And the way he goes about it, he doesn't really gain a ton of power. Like at all. He's got a few disciples and some crowds of people that listen to him teach. But. But that's it. Yeah. It's not what the world at the time believed power looked like. Right. Which is why I think I talk about this, why it's so funny to talk about this extraordinary life. Cause like, yes, he did these really extraordinary things, but if you were to like leave out some of the details, like, well, okay. So this guy, so he's God, he was born in this, like these no name couple in this poor town, grew up poor, didn't really do anything until he was like 30. He was kind of quiet. He was kind of quiet. to the wilderness. He gathered a few bros. That were fishermen. <laughs> that were fishermen. That flunked out of rap, you know, rabbinic right. school. And then he just kind of went town to town. He was homeless. And then after a while, um, then he died. And because then he was the people chose a bad guy over him. Yeah. 
But you're like, okay, but what, like, who did he, like, rub elbows with? Like, you know, like, how did he, and you're like, well, he, I mean, he, he didn't. Did he know <laughs> King Herod? <laughs> right. Was he a top five friend or something? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's why it's just funny to me because, yes, he is obviously extraordinary. There's no one else like him, but there are so many things that are just so non-impressive or extraordinary about how he went about Reagan. life. Do you think Jesus being so ordinary is what made him extraordinary? I think so, <laughs> Stephanie. It's like a whole circle. He yeah. wasn't extraordinary. He was ordinary, which made him extraordinary. Yes. I and love then it. that makes, yeah, you can just go on <laughs> just and go on. on, and on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great. What else do we have? Oh, we did talk about the third temptation. Oh, yeah. So that one is an interesting one, right? Because the we get a scene change. Uh-huh. And so devil takes the devil takes Jesus to the top of the temple and then he says, Hey, just throw yourself down. Yeah. And then angels will catch you and bring you safely to the ground. That's what scripture right. Psalm. Yeah. He's quoting scripture yeah. that that will happen. Um, so probably isn't super appealing to be told to throw yourself from a building. Right. Uh, so what do you think the gain is here? Jesus is like, nah, bro. Yeah. That's basically it. Right. (laughs) I don't know. No, I mean, I think Jesus, so the temptation here is that Jesus can show off that angels will come and protect him. Mm -hmm. So Jesus could risk his life and be saved, Mm -hmm. which is kind of ironic that later on Jesus does just this, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. although he isn't saved, he dies. Yeah. um, And isn't saved for three days. Uh, So it's just kind of a display of like, showing off like, mm-hmm. Hey, I can command angels to save me. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of capitalizing on that power that the devil is acknowledging Jesus has. Yeah. Which is also interesting. Yeah. No, like the devil recognizes the great authority and power that Jesus has. And yeah, I mean the whole thing, I made the joke in the beginning of my <laughs> sermon about how he could have just said not today, Satan, like, not you today. know, uh, I mean, you think about all the ways he could have handled each one of these. Right. And again, I made the joke about the bread. Like, How many jokes did you make this time? A lot. Again? Although I took some out, depending <laughs> on which service. That's I was like, disappointing. I was like, it did not land the first two. going to take it out for the third one. But yeah, like, turn the rock into stone. Okay, I can actually do better than that. <laughs> right. You know? I can have a feast, a Hogwarts feast, Hogwarts if you feast. will. But Jesus just is not one that, like, shows off. Yeah. So this third one just, I feel like because Jesus resisted the other two, mm-hmm. like clearly Jesus will also resist this one. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're well, not going to test God. Right. Which I think we do a lot and we don't frame it as that or we don't think of it as that. But I think a lot of us are like, all right, God, I know, I know you can do this. And we put all of our eggs in that basket or, right. and which is easy to do. And that takes a lot of maturity. And so that's, I take some cues from Jesus in this, like, don't test God. Like, don't, also don't put God's name on like, well, God's going to do this because. Right. So do you think Reagan then putting our faith in God is different than testing God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we confuse the two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just. I mean, the devil's one that keeps saying, well, if you are, well, if you are, well, if you are, I mean, I've been totally guilty of saying that to God too. Like, yeah. if you are, then do it. Yeah. 
heal this person or yeah, answer this mm-hmm. or you will make this happen. And who, when you frame it as like, Oh, you're kind of testing God, which is kind of a big no, no, right. A little bit. I'm like, Oh yeah. Whoopsie daisy. Right. And so I think part of not doing that is mostly being aware of where it creeps up because mm-hmm. we have to train ourselves almost. Yeah. So Stephanie, in your sermon, I really liked how, uh, I never thought of it this way that how the story establishes what Jesus ministry will look like. So I'm going to quote from your sermon. Um, he won't give into temptation for any personal gain or desire. He will not live his life like other Kings who rule with power and might. Jesus didn't come to save himself, but to save the world. That's like the crux of Jesus's ministry. Yeah. And he lays out right there. Right. And I, for me, it's not so much about all the details of these temptations, although it's fun to talk about and Mm -hmm. kind of speculate about, but for me, it's what they point back to. And it's the true identity of who Jesus is. And it's a great launching place for his ministry. He was just baptized. And now he's saying these temptations that are offered, they're not the way I'm going to live my life, which is going to look a lot different than what culture, um, holds in a high esteem. Yeah. Here's a question I didn't ask. So the very last, it says, the devil departed until an opportune time. Yeah. Mine says the devil departed from him until the next opportunity. Ooh. So like even like more pressing, like yeah. there will be a next opportunity. Huh. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's yeah. like a cliffhanger. Like he's going to show back up. Mm-hmm. And we know there are like some demons and, uh, you know, Jesus's ultimate death. Yeah. Um, in the Lent study that I'm doing, it talks about all the scoffers at the cross that say, if you can get off the cross, if you can, you know, oh, and do it. It's just like the devil. And, so it's the de- and I'm like, Oh, interesting. Amy Jill Levine always has. These she's great she's smart. She really is. So yeah, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, anything Reagan that we didn't talk about from your sermon? We didn't focus enough on the not today. Satan, not today. that you did all my good jokes that landed at some hours. We could talk about how your mic wasn't plugged in during communion at eight 45. You can just ignore that. <laughs> I mentioned it in modern worship cause I was having mic issues at the beginning. And then later in, um, <laughs> it was a busy Sunday later in the study that I led, uh, a lady was like, you didn't have to tell us all about your mic story <laughs> in modern worship. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> it was just like. Sharing what happened to yeah, me. It was a great, <laughs> it was a great Sunday. It was a good Sunday. And Reagan, you're preaching again. I am. In traditional. Tell, um, give us a little teaser. Well, you know, I oh, haven't. You done... did, huh? What? Jesus' first sermon. First sermon. So yeah, I haven't really done much research. I got, I did get up this morning, almost text you and be like, how do you do this every week? <laughs> but Reagan, you left the people on a cliffhanger yourself. I did. Yes. Which <laughs> a lot, very intentional. But people, <laughs> I don't like... think, got it because they don't know what happens. Oh, right, right, right. They don't realize at the end of it, he's run out of his town. So I was like, it's funny people. if you know it. Yeah. But once again, another joke that did not land. <laughs> so <laughs> that's okay, Reagan, because you have so many jokes that. So many. They'll land. Some of them, at least. Some of them. I laughed. Mike and I laughed a whole lot both you, times. You did. I so. appreciate that support. Anytime. Anytime. That's what we're here for. Okay. So come next week, you can hear Reagan preach about Jesus's first sermon where spoiler alert doesn't go super great. Yeah. And Chris will be interviewing me. So I'll be nervous. It'll be great. But no. 
uh, I think it's just going to be a great series. And so, yeah, anyway, good luck preaching the rest of it. Thank so. you. Well, hey, Luke will be, if anybody wants to listen back next week when Luke preaches on it, just because it's kind of full circle. Yeah. That he's preaching in the church he grew up in, which is kind of cool. I know. I love that. Good timing. Yeah. But go hear Reagan and then listen to Luke. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us. And we look forward to having you uh, back next week. And uh, keep strong, whatever you're doing for Lent. Happy Lent. Happy Lent. All right. God bless. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Offscript. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.